Chapter Six of the Tinted Venus by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Six, To Our Company. The shape which has made escape and before my countenance answers me glance for glance. Mesmerism. Leander hastened eagerly to his trysting place all these obstacles and difficulties had rendered his matilda tenfold dearer and more precious to him and besides it was more than a fortnight since he had last seen her but he was troubled and anxious still at the recollection of the greek statue shut up in his hair-cutting saloon what would matilda say if she knew about it and still worse what might it not do if it knew about her matilda might decline to continue his acquaintance for she was a very right-minded girl unless venus like the jealous and vindictive heathen she had shown herself to be were to crush her before she even had the opportunity it's a mess he thought disconsolately whatever way i look at it but after to-night i won't meet matilda any more while i've got that statue staying with me or no one could tell the consequences however when he drew near the appointed spot and saw the slender form which awaited him there by the railings he forgot all but the present joy even the memory of the terrible divinity could not live in the wholesome presence of the girl he had the sense to truly and honestly love matilda column was straight and slim though not tall she had a neat little head of light brown hair which curled round her temples in soft rings her complexion was healthily pale with the slightest tinge of delicate pink in it she had a round but decided chin and her grey eyes were large and innocently severe except on the rare occasions when she laughed and then their expression was almost childlike in its gaiety generally and especially in business hours her pretty face was calm and slightly haughty and rash male customers who attempted to make the choice of a buttonhole an excuse for flirtation were not encouraged to persevere she was seldom demonstrative to leander it was not her way but she accepted his effusive affection very contentedly and indeed returned it more heartily than her principles allowed her to admit for she secretly admired his spirit and fluency and as is often the case in her class of life had no idea that she was essentially her lover's superior after the first greetings they walked slowly round the square together his arm round her waist neither said very much for some minutes but leander was wildly foolishly happy and there was no severity in matilda's eyes when they shone in the lamplight well he said at last and so i've actually got you back safe again my dear darling tilly it seems like a long eternity since last we met i've been so beastly miserable matilda you do seem to have got thinner in the face leander dear said matilda compassionately what have you been doing while i've been away only wishing my dearest girl back that's all i've been doing what haven't you given yourself any enjoyment at all not gone out anywhere all the time not once leastwise that is to say a guilty memory of rosherwich made him bungle here why of course i didn't expect you to stop indoors all the time said matilda noticing the amendment so long as you never went where you wouldn't take me 
oh conscience conscience but rosherwich didn't count it was outside the radius and besides he hadn't enjoyed himself well he said i did go out one evening to hear a lecture on astronomy at the town hall in the gray's inn road but then i had the ticket given me by a customer and i really was surprised to find how regular the stars was in their habits comets and all but my tilda is the only star of the evening for me to-night i don't want to talk about anything else the diversion was successful and matilda asked no more inconvenient questions presently she happened to cough slightly and he touched accusingly the light summer cloak she was wearing you're not dressed warm enough for a night like this he said with a lover's concern haven't you got anything thicker to put on than that i haven't bought my winter things yet said matilda it was so mild that i thought i'd wait till i could afford it better but i've chosen the very thing i meant to buy you know mrs twelling's at the top of the row the corner shop well in the window there's a perfectly lovely long cloak all lined with squirrel's fur with those nice oxidized silver fastenings a cloak like that lasts ever so long and will always look neat and quiet and any one can wear it without being stared after so i mean to buy it as soon as it turns really cold ah said he i can't have you catching cold you know it ain't summer any longer and i-i've been thinking we must give up our evening strolls together for the present when you've just been saying how miserable you've been without them oh leander without you he amended lamely i shall see you at aunt's of course only we'd better suspend the walks while the nights are so raw and oh tilly ere long you will be mine my little wife only to think of you keeping the books for me with your own pretty little fingers and sending out the bills not that i give much credit ah what a blissful dream it sounds does it to you matilda i'm not sure that you keep your books the same way as we do she replied demurely but i dare say and this was a great concession for matilda i dare say we shall suit one another suit one another he cried ah we shall be inseparable as a brush and comb tilly if you'll excuse so professional a stimulus and what a future lies before me if i can only succeed in introducing some of my inventions to public notice we may rise tilly like an exclamation as the poet says i believe my new nasal splint has only to be known to become universally worn and i've been thinking out a little machine lately for imparting a patrician arch to the flattest foot that ought to have an extensive run i almost wish you weren't so pretty tilly i've studied you careful and i'm bound to say as it is there really isn't room for any improvement i could suggest nature's beaten me there and i'm not too proud to own it would you rather there was room inquired matilda from a professional point of view it would have inspired me he said it would have suggested ideas and i shouldn't have loved you less not if you hadn't had a tooth in your mouth nor a hair on your head you would still be my beautiful tilly i would rather be as i am thank you said matilda to whom this fancy sketch did not appeal and now let's talk about something else do you know that mamma is coming up to town at the end of the week on purpose to see you no said leander i-i didn't yes she's taken the whole of your aunt's first floor for a week you know she knew miss tweddle when she was younger and that was how i came to lodge there and to meet you do you remember that sunday afternoon you came to tea and your aunt invited me in 
because she thought i must be feeling so dull all alone ah i should think i did do you remember i helped to toast the crumpets what a halcyon evening that was matilda was it she said i don't remember the weather exactly but it was nice indoors but i say tilly my own he said somewhat anxiously how does your ma like your being engaged to me well i don't think she does like it quite said matilda she says she will reserve her consent until she sees whether you are worthy but directly she sees you leander her objections will vanish she has got objections then what to mother always wanted me to keep my affections out of trade said matilda you see she never can forget what poor papa was and what was your poor papa asked leander didn't you know he was a dentist and that makes mamma so very particular you see but hang it matilda you're employed in a flower shop you know yes but mamma never really approved of it only she had to give way because she couldn't afford to keep me at home and i scorned to go out as governess never mind leander when she comes to know you and hear your conversation she will relent her pride will melt but suppose it keeps solid what will you do matilda i am independent leander and though i would prefer to marry with mamma's approval i shouldn't feel bound to wait for it so long as you are all i think you are i shouldn't allow anyone to dictate to me bless you for those words my angelic girl he said and hugged her close to his breast now i can beard your ma with a light art oh matilda you can form no idea how i worship you nothing shall ever come betwixt us two shall it nothing as far as i am concerned leander she replied what's the matter he had given a furtive glance behind him after the last remarks and his embrace suddenly relaxed until his arm was withdrawn altogether nothing is the matter matilda he said doesn't the moon look red through the fog is that why you took away your arm she inquired yes that is no it occurred to me i was rendering you too conspicuous we don't want to go about advertising ourselves you know but who is there here to notice asked matilda nobody he said oh nobody but we mustn't get into the way of it and he cast another furtive rearward look in the full flow of his raptures the miserable hairdresser had seen a sight which had frozen his very marrow a tall form in flowing drapery gliding up behind with a tigress-like stealth the statue had broken out in spite of all his precautions venus jealous and exacting was near enough to overhear every word and he could scarcely hope she had escaped seeing the arm he had thrown around matilda's waist you are going to tell me how you worshipped me said matilda i didn't say worship he protested it it's only images and such that expect that but i can tell you there's very few brothers feel to you as i do brothers leander exclaimed matilda and walked farther apart from him yes he said after all what ties closer than a brother a uncle's all very well and similarly a cousin but they can't feel like a brother does for brothers they are not i should have thought there were ties still closer said matilda you seem to think so too once oh ah uh, that he said every frigid word gave him a pang to utter but it was all for matilda's sake there's time enough to think of that my girl we mustn't be in a hurry 
i'm not in a hurry said matilda that's the proper way to look at it said he and meanwhile i haven't got a sister i'm fonder of than i am of you if you've nothing more to say than that we had better part she remarked and he caught at the suggestion with obvious relief he had been in an agony of terror lest even in the gathering fog she should detect that they were watched and then too it was better to part with her under a temporary misconception than part with her altogether well he said i mustn't keep you out any longer with that cold you are very ready to get rid of me said poor matilda the real truth is he answered simulating a yawn with a heavy heart i am most uncommonly sleepy to-night and all this standing about is too much for me so good-bye and take care of yourself i needn't say that to you she said but i won't keep you up a minute longer i wonder you troubled to come out at all oh he said carefully keeping as much in front of the statue as he could it's no trouble but you'll excuse me seeing you to the door this evening oh certainly said matilda biting her lip she touched his hand with the ends of her fingers and hurried away without turning her head when she was out of sight leander faced round to the irrepressible goddess he was in a white rage but terror and caution made him suppress it to some extent so here you are again he said why did you not wait for me she answered i remained long for you you came not and i followed i see you did said the aggrieved leander i can't say i like being spied upon if you're a goddess act as such what you dare to upbraid me she cried beware or i-i know said leander flinching from her don't do that i only made a remark i have the right to follow you i choose to do so if you must you must he groaned but it does seem hard that i mayn't slip out for a few minutes talk with my only sister you said you were going to run for business and you told me you had three sisters so i have but only one youngest one and why did they not all come to talk to you i suppose because the other two stayed at home rejoined leander sulkily i know not why but i doubt you that one who came she is not like you no said leander with a great show of candour that's what every one says all our family are like that we are like in a way because we're all of us so different you can tell us anywhere just by the difference my father and mother were both very unlike i suppose we take after them the goddess seemed satisfied with this explanation and now that i have regained you let us return to your abode she said and leander walked back by her side a prey to rage and humiliation it is a miserable thing he was thinking for a man in my rank of life to have a female statue trotting after him like a great dorg i'm damned if i put up with it suppose we happen on someone as knows me fortunately at that time of night bloomsbury square is not much frequented the increasing fog prevented the apparition of a female in classical garments from attracting the notice to which it might otherwise have been exposed and they reached the shop without any disagreeable encounter she shan't stop in the saloon he determined i've had enough of that if you've no objections he said with a mixture of deference and dictation i shall be obliged if you'd settle yourself in the little shrine in the upstairs room before proceeding to evaporate out of your statue 
it would be more agreeable to my feelings ah she said smiling you would have me nearer you your stubborn heart is yielding a little while and you will own the power of aphrodite now don't you go deceiving yourself with any such ideas said the hairdresser irritably i shan't do no such thing so you needn't think it and to come to the point how long do you mean to carry on this little game game repeated the goddess absently how long are you going to follow me about in this ridiculous way till you submit and profess your willingness to redeem your promise oh and you're coming every evening till then are you at nightfall of each day i have power to revisit you well come then he said with a fling of impatient anger i tell you beforehand that you won't get anything by it not if you was to come and bring a whole stonemason's yard of sculptures along with you you wouldn't you ought to know better than to come pestering a respectable tradesman in this bold-faced manner she smiled with a languid contemptuous tolerance which maddened leander rave on she said truly you are a sorry prize for such as i to stoop to win yet i will it nor shall you escape me there will come a day when forsaken by all you hold dear on earth despised ruined distracted you will pray eagerly for the haven of refuge to which i alone can guide you take heed lest your conduct now be remembered then i have spoken they were indeed her last words that evening and they impressed the hairdresser in spite of himself custom habituates the mind to any marvel and already he had overcome his first horror at the periodical awakenings of the statue and surprise was swallowed up by exasperation now however he quailed under her dark threats could it ever really come to pass that he would sue to this stone to hide him in the realms of the supernatural i know this he told himself if it once gets about that there's a hairdresser to be seen in bloomsbury chivied about after dark by a classical statue i shan't dare to show my face yet i don't know how i'm to prevent her coming out after me at all events now and then if she was only a little more like other people i shouldn't mind so much but it's more than i can bear to have to go about with a tableau vivant or a pose plastique on my arm all at once he started to his feet i've got it he cried and went downstairs to his laboratory to reappear with some camel hair brushes grease paints and a selection from his less important discoveries in the science of cosmetics namely an eyebrow accentuator a vase of tweddle's cream of carnations and blondinette bloom a china box of conserve of cora for the lips and one of his most expensive chevelures he was trembling as he arranged them upon his table not that he was aware of the enormity of the act he contemplated but he was afraid the goddess might revisit the marble while he was engaged upon it he furnished the blank eye sockets with a pair of eyes which if not exactly artistic at least supplied a want he penciled the eyebrows laid on several coats of the bloom which he suffused cunningly with a tinge of carnation and stained the pouting lips with his conserve of coral so far perhaps he had not violated the canons of art and may even have restored to the image something of its pristine hues but his next edition was one the vandalism of which admits of no possible defence 
and when he deftly fitted the coiffure of light closely curled hair upon the noble classical head even leander felt dimly that something was wrong i don't know how it is he pondered she looks more natural but not half so respectable however when she's got something on to cover the marble there won't be anything much to notice about her i'll buy a cloak for her the first thing to-morrow morning matilda was saying something about a shop near here where i could get that and then if this venus must come following me about she'll look less outlandish at any rate and that's something end of chapter six read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com